Money Talk is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex to be considered before becoming a client of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Securities are offered through HBEC Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Annex Wealth Management and HBEC are unaffiliated. This program may contain forward-looking statements which may not come true. Please consult with an advisor about your specific situation. Taking the mystery out of investing with answers to your financial questions. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald from Annex Wealth Management. On WTMJ. Team Technology Trust, welcome to Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management, Saturday, January 5th. Boy, we got a lot to talk about before we get there. I just want to talk about some of the things coming up on the show today. Jason Gineer with Wisconsin Retirement Plan Information. If you're a municipal or a uh, city employee, maybe a county employee, maybe a state employee, you'll want to hear that. Also, uh, we're going to talk about the top clicks from Axiom, which is our weekly newsletter. What were you guys interested in? We will find out a little bit later on in the show. But let's uh, welcome everybody in. Dave Spano, good to see you. Nice to see you, Danny. Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer. Hello, Derek. Hi, Danny. How are you? Good, thanks. And Mark? Oswald, welcome. Good morning. So this week, holy cow, right? Yeah, Friday fun day yesterday, that is for sure. Uh, there was a lot of news, and the market reacted very positively. Ended up 750 points up approximately on the Dow Jones, and that was about a little over 3%, fellas. And, you know, there was so much good news, and it really started with a jobs report, Mark, that came out uh, before the market opened. Yeah, big number, huge number. When we start looking at job growth, you know, 312,000 jobs. And really, if you if you add November and October, the revised numbers, it's about 360,000 jobs. That's 2.4 million jobs in 2018 were added. So you think about people out there that are working. And, of course, Derek, when people are working, they're earning money. Wages are up 11 cents an hour. So you're looking at year-over-year wage growth of 3.2%. That's all great stuff because it leads to consumer spending, and that's good for the economy. Well, and that's really been the, the focus of you know one of our key tactical positions in our portfolio, a, a serious overweight and consumer discretionary. Our feeling has been with payroll, you know, the payroll tax cuts, which people have yet to see right. uh, as a comparison versus last year. The wage growth, which was the best we've seen since 2009 in this most recent jobs report. Uh, unemployment at 3.9%. Now, that sounds bad, you know, tick up from 3.7, but that's because people rejoined the workforce, which is certainly great for our country and really great for the prospects of other people to join the workforce as well. And when the GDP report, we see those numbers, and again, there was this big R word was being thrown around, recession. Well, that's negative growth, right? And in the GDP report, that's not what we're seeing at all. We're seeing positive growth. And when you have a consumer report like this and a jobs report, that's good for GDP. Yeah, it was just, you know, we've just been flummoxed with a variety of contradictions. You know, in December, stocks got hammered. And what I finally realized was, you know, we had thin market conditions. A lot of the major portfolio managers were out on vacation and the like. We're seeing 120 hedge funds close their doors, which means they have to sell their holdings. We saw a lot of tax loss selling, given what occurred uh, following the peak in October. We saw huge mutual fund redemptions. And so all these sales were happening kind of in a vacuum. And then you add in the, the machinery, the trades that are based on headlines, and we just saw what I would almost call a technical correction that almost became a bear market for the S&P 500. Now, add in, of course, what happened with some great news out of China, and of course, you know, the issues that we've been having has been a potential slowing of the economy. 
and trade issues with China. We saw good news Friday out of the out of the front with China. Yes, we did absolutely. Uh, the, the People's Bank of China cut their reserve requirement by a hundred basis points. Uh, that's a very significant step. They're also talking about some fiscal policy agendas uh, for the beginning of, of next year. The Chinese economy is very soft. We saw a very soft uh, manufacturing number out of China, so they are doing things to levitate that economy. And that's certainly going to be helpful when you consider that China's percentage of world global growth. Is, is almost 40%. And you look at two other things that are going on. You look at the price of gas, the price of oil, and certainly inflation. We're not having runaway inflation, so you're having wage growth, but you're not having price growth to the point where it's matching the wage growth. In other words, people have more money to spend. And then, of course, you have the price of gas coming down, and that, again, is another tax break for people. I did see oil tick up, so how soon is gas going to go up? Well, yeah, no, it, yeah, the uh, guy's had guy's ladder up on the way over. He was yeah, yeah, pushing yeah, yeah. the number up. Down like an escalator, up like an elevator, right? So I have to tell you, so the biggest news, of course, came about 9 o'clock yesterday morning, and it was a highly anticipated interview with the past three Federal Reserve chair people, and that was really the thing that we were paying the most attention to. And when that report came out, that's what we saw as a major market mover, and I want to cover that and we will we will do that dave we're gonna break real quick at 10 13 uh be back in a bit as we enjoy 44 degrees on this uh, saturday this is money talk annex wealth management free portfolio analysis you can start that at annexwealth.com just hit that green get started button a bunch of locations including elm grove mequon lake country appleton downtown and the fister and annex everywhere if you can hear wtmj we can take care of you annexwealth.com Money tips that don't cost a thing. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. Team Tech Trust, this is Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management, Saturday, January 5th, recapping this past week. And uh, you get to a couple of the major things yesterday, which were that fantastic jobs number, the news out of China, and then Jerome Powell sitting with the past two former chairs of the Federal Reserve. Did we have any idea what he was going to be covering? Well, we had, a, we did have a kind of a, an idea. And uh, yesterday, in fact, Thursday and Wednesday, we talked a lot about it uh, at Annex Wealth Management. And Derek and you and I had a nice conversation uh, midweek and said this Friday morning uh, could be a market mover. And in fact, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, he clarified. You know, he made comments a couple of weeks ago that people took very negatively the idea that the Fed's roll off of the balance sheet was on autopilot, which basically some people took to think that no matter how much the economy was weakening, the Fed was going to continue to tighten uh, basically as a matter of course. And so what he basically said is that the balance sheet is obviously a tool. It's a tool that they will use. It's a tool that they will reconsider if the economy were to weaken or if global growth were to slow dramatically. So I think he gave the, the market a sigh of relief, if you will, that they've already lowered the number of dot plots from three to two. They've said the balance sheet is in play if the economy weakens. So I think now it's really a data-dependent Fed, which is what they ought to be. There's a lot of things to digest in there, Derek, you know, and I think for listeners this morning, when you start thinking about what was said at that meeting, the name that came out of it was Patient Powell. You know, that was that was the next thing, you know, and I think every Fed chairperson, as they take that role, finds out really quickly that words matter. And when they say something and the emphasis that they use and the underlying words and the 
the describers, the adjectives, all that stuff matters in the way that you say things. And the word that came out on Friday was patient, that the Fed was going to be patient with the Fed fund rate. Because the other P word would be parse, and that's what we do, right? We look very carefully at what they say. Absolutely. Because typically, one of the two ways you end a bull market is through a Fed policy error. And people have been concerned as that yield curve has come closer and closer to inverting. Typically, when you get a yield curve inversion, which we do not have yet, it's because the bond market believes that the Fed is making a policy error and that ultimately rates will be lower in the future. The yield curve inversion doesn't cause a recession. It's Fed policy mistakes that often do. So let's talk about that. So we got down 19.8% peak to trough from where we were in the beginning of the quarter to the the end of the quarter, so folks who are getting their statements from whomever your advisor is are going to show a, a bad quarter no matter where you were because that was a significant correction. But we started to bounce back, and there was a lot of things that came from that, including what you talked about is this lower, this this inversion of this yield curve. There's a lot of things that are going into that. The Federal Reserve is pushing up short-term rates, and at the, at the long end, sometimes it's not that the economy is pushing it down. There might be some other factors that are doing that. Well, there are But basically, the economic data, you know, we saw probably peak economic growth in the third quarter. You know, we saw GDP of 4%, then 3.5%, and it looks like the fourth quarter will be somewhere around 3 And current forecasts for 2019 are in the 2 to 2.5% range. Now, whether those forecasts are, are realized or not is, is really not the issue. The, the real issue is whether the bond market believes growth is going to slow. And that's a message from the bond market that they, that they believe it will, and that ultimately translates into stock performance. Dave, I want to go back to something you said about, you know, the December 31st statements that are going to come out for people. And it it was a tough quarter. I mean, there's just no getting around that. For people with a long-term goal, I mean, looking at this right now and looking at your statement, whether you're working with an advisor or not working with an advisor right now, and taking stock in it, literally taking stock in that in that statement and saying, what does this mean for my financial plan? That's the healthy approach to this as you get into January and New Year's resolutions and all that goes with it. And every time that we have one of these corrections, you know, we make sure that we've had these healthy conversations with our clients. And I had a couple of them this past week. Okay. And the idea is if this made you uncomfortable, maybe you should look at your risk tolerances and say, maybe I can't take this. But there was a lot of the conversations that we had that said this bucket theory that we talk about, take a year's worth or two years' worth of the, your needs and set them aside. Therefore, when you see these fluctuations, it doesn't bother you as much, the number one. And number two, if you have capital sitting on the sideline, uh, Derek and I had a conversation, Mark, with uh, a number of people uh, this past week that said there are companies that are trading at... 8, 9, 10, 12 times forward earnings and paying a dividend yield at or above what you can get anywhere else. So there are still opportunities and more to talk about after that. All right, it's 1022 at WTMJ. We're going to take a break. It's Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management. Up next, Jason Ganier, kind of our specialist with municipal, government, county, and education employees. It's a good one. It's up next on Money Talk on WTMJ. From simple investments to stock advice, back to Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. Team Tech Trust Annex Wealth Management, Wisconsin Department of Employee Trust Funds, referred to as ETF, recently announced it was reducing the assumed rate of investment return from 7.2% to 7%. 
And that figure, 7%, will be effective for this year's Wisconsin Retirement Services valuation and be used to determine contribution rates for 2020. What does that mean? It sounds a little confusing. So what are the possible ramifications for Wisconsin public employees? For that, we reached out to Jason Gennier, one of the wealth managers here at Annex. Jason, welcome back. Hi, how are you doing today? Not bad. You have a unique set of talents. Besides being a wealth manager here, you got a lot of years in law enforcement. Yeah, 25 years in law enforcement and know quite a bit about the Wisconsin Wisconsin retirement system and like you referenced uh, employee trust funds WRS is under the employee trust funds and that assumed interest rate it doesn't seem like much to most people dropping from 7.2 to 7 but it does have an impact first I think it shows that Wisconsin retirement system is a very well-run pension and a lot of people rely upon that income both that are retired and people that are planning for retirement someday that are working police fire teachers Let's start back at the beginning. So what is that Wisconsin retirement system? That's the pension plan? That's a pension plan. Most people refer to it just, you know, as a state pension, but there's government workers, both school districts, municipalities, cities, towns, villages, police, fire, general workers, you know, DPW, city employees. A lot of people fall underneath that Wisconsin retirement system and rely upon that for, again, their income in retirement. And the change from the 7.2%, the expectation to 7%, not giant, but it's managing expectations, like you said. Correct. You know, maybe they look at, you know, going forward, some of the assumptions on growth, both with a lot of times, you know, pensions too will have fixed income or bonds. And with yields being down a little bit, maybe there's not as much income coming in the portfolio, lower expectations of growth, maybe in stocks. But really what it shows is the pension system is doing its job and they're making sure that they're not being too frothy in their expectations. There's some pension systems, other cities, states where they'll use 8%, a higher number. So if they don't hit that 8%, if the pension only returns six or seven, well, there's a shortfall there, right? which means someone has to pay, make up for it, whether it's the employees or the taxpayers that contribute. You've seen it happen? Yes. The way the pension system is funded is primarily by investment gains, but also the municipality kicks in money, and the employees, police, firemen, teachers, they also have to pay in part of their salary. It's about 7%. depends on your employee classification. Now, if they assume that the interest rate is going to be a little bit lower returns, maybe people and municipalities might have to make up a little bit more and contributions going forward, potentially. Let's go real world here, Jason Ganner uh, from Annex Wealth Management. Say a new client walks through the door, they're a public employee, they want to do things right, they participated in the Wisconsin retirement system. What are the basics that they should consider besides just being in that in that pension plan? It's like anything. You really need to understand what you own. In this case, you know, you really own an annuity. You work for years and that's a pension that's going to be paid to you. So first thing to look at is, are you in you know, the core account or are you in the variable and then how much you have in each? So you kind of understand how much your check could potentially fluctuate. Are you going to take what they call the accelerated pension, meaning you're going to get more money until uh, Social Security age is 62 and then it'll reduce, or are you going to take a standard pension? Survivor benefit, you can take 100% for your spouse, 75%. 75% to either one of you. So there's all these different options that come into play, and you really take that with your outside assets and figure out, okay, what's the best investment strategy as I plan for retirement or I'm in retirement? Now, you do law enforcement, so is there usually like a guy on the force that kind of helps people? I mean, and sometimes that's not a good thing. Yeah, that's yeah, that's ex- exactly what happens. I think public safety or even teachers, you're in a teacher's lounge or you're in a you know, fire station or the police station, there's usually a few people that are a little bit more in tune with maybe the deferred comp system, and people come to ask them advice. That can be a little bit dangerous because everyone's situation is different, right? Maybe your spouse works, maybe your spouse does not work, or maybe you saved up a lot, or you have kids in college, or you have no 
all kids. Everyone's situation is different. So taking general advice, you know, while it's kind of nice to lean on someone you trust, it's probably going to not fit your specific situation. So I've got a son who's a young cop. Should I tell him that he should do things beyond this pension plan, this Wisconsin retirement system? Yeah, I think that'd be ideal because, you know, most times the pension will replace, let's say, on ballpark, if you work, you know, 30 years, 60% of your income. Well, there's still 40% that you don't have. Now, some of your costs are a little bit less. You're not paying into the pension. You're not paying into Social Security. But unless you have, you know, all your debt paid for, unless you're willing to maybe have a little bit less spending in retirement, you might want to use, you know, a supplemental plan in Wisconsin, deferred comp or an IRA or Roth IRA, or if your spouse has a 401k, maybe you fund that instead because there's maybe different investment options. But really having other income because if you retire at a young age, 50 some years old, that's a lot of years to live on a reduced income if you're not really fully prepared for it. It takes planning. It takes a lot of planning. And what you don't want to do is, you know, retire and then figure it out and go, boy, I wish I would have stayed two more years, or I wish I would have maybe started putting more money in the Roth versus the pre-tax account because, boy, I'm in a higher tax bracket now because I retired, have a pension, my spouse is working, and I took a new job. There's all those different things. Are you going to work in retirement, or are you just going to go hunt and fish? Kind of figuring these things out and determining what's the best course of action before you make that decision. So somebody listening... They're looking for somebody that speaks the language. You appear to speak that language. How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, just call Annex at 262-786-6363 or AnnexWealth.com. And obviously, we work as a team here. So a lot of times, if it is related to, you know, the Wisconsin retirement system or public sector worker, I'll end up working with quite a few of those people. But also other advisors work with them, and they might come and ask me a question. We really kind of work together as a team here, and we can touch base with each other. Jason Gadir, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for coming in today. Thanks. Get professional help with your portfolio. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. Team Tech Trust, it's Money Talk Annex Wealth Management, Saturday, January 5th, a team segment. Uh, Jill Martin, estate planning attorney here at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Danny. You know, I'm in awe of you. You know why. <laughs> oh, really? What is it this well, time? Well, we bragged on you before, but, uh, it, well, you know, UW Eau Claire Hall of Fame. HOF. Okay. HOF, the greatest, the greatest of all time. You ready for a question? Sure. We love your questions at AnnexWealthManagement.com slash ask. This comes from Harold. I have a trust, but I'm considering moving to Florida. Is there anything I need to do? Well, that's a great question because a lot of retirees want to head to warmer climates as they are ready to retire. It's very likely that your trust is valid, even if you do move to Florida, but because Florida has different laws and statutes that come into play, it's important to check in with an estate planning attorney down there once you've established residency. You know, Jill, I think that for a lot of people, when they start hearing us talk about estate planning on the air, they start to tune out because they think that estate planning is just for the uber wealthy people that are going to maybe pay estate taxes someday. But for everybody that you know that we work with over at Annex Wealth Management, comprehensive wealth management includes some conversation about estate planning because everybody needs to do some planning about what's going to happen at the end. Absolutely, Mark. And it's not just about what happens at the end. It's also planning for incapacity. Sure. So powers of attorney are very critical. But yeah, you want to make sure that you're doing some planning to make sure that it's easy for loved ones when you pass away so that there isn't kind of that mess to pick up and that everything is orderly and goes very smoothly. So having lived through that, you know, with, with my dad, I mean, there, there was a lot of planning that was done before that, but it still was a mess. I mean, there, there's so much that has to be done that, you know, when you leave a legacy and you do estate planning, 
and you start thinking about the disposition or, or what happens in the event that something happens to you or to a spouse, th those instructions that are left behind, whether it's incapacitation or death, are so critical in, in just making sure that your financial plan is exactly what you want it to be. It is, and that's one of the things that I talk to clients about. Doing the planning is kind of step one, then following through and doing all of the updates on beneficiary designations, asset titling is step two, and then actually communicating the estate plan is a really critical piece. So that's step three, and talking to who that power of attorney is that's going to step in and start to act on your behalf during your lifetime, but then also the trustees and the executors once you've passed away, because they need to know where to pick up where you left off. Now, Mark, I know that you've shared your story, and of course, I lost my dad a couple of months ago, and my thing was, or his thing was, was fairly clean, and we had it planned out pretty well, but I've got a neighbor who is kind of going through the beginning of this, and I keep telling her, you know, listen, I just went through this. It is going to be such a hassle if this thing is not in place. You really have to. You, you do. And so many times people look at firms like ours and think it's asset management, that it's just about managing money. And, and there's so much more that goes into it than that. I mean, that's the one thing is how do you make sure that you have enough to retire on and that you have money throughout your lifetime? But if you don't do the other things, it can really have a catastrophic effect on the people that you care about the most. And I think that that is really the important part of estate planning, whether you're doing tax planning, retirement planning, college planning, do the estate planning too. There's too many investment advisors that are out there that don't take the next step and do the estate planning. And that's why it, it, it's such a gift to have somebody like Jill on our staff who's here every day, goes into conference rooms, meets with people to make sure that that doesn't happen to them when it gets to that point in time. And can throw a runner out at second. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But it really is. I mean, all joking aside, um, it's it's got to be set up in advance. And I just keep urging her to do this. Um, and I, I just think it's, it's one of those tough things. I know you lost your dad too, right? Yep. I mean, so you wade through this, you get in this period of life and the, the the more buttoned up it is, the better it is for everybody because that's really where you'll start to see the problems with siblings when, when things are not spelled out. I bet you hear this all the time. Oh, absolutely. There's always family dynamics that um, I always joke that money makes people crazy when they want to inherit it because now all of a sudden it's theirs and they want to make sure that they're locking it in and, and not having anything go wrong or that they would lose something that they never had to begin with. So it it's really, really important to make sure you outline it in a lot of detail. So the other thing that people forget about is that estate planning is not just for the elderly. Is there's a lot of people out there that need to do estate planning earlier on in their life. Even if you have college-age students that have moved out of the house, you can do some sort of power of healthcare power or financial power of attorney with those kids, and that's a smart thing to do as well. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development at Annex, with another in the Women, Wealth, and Wisdom series, Protecting Your Assets. This time will be at the J.K. Lee Black Belt Academy in Waukesha on Wednesday, January 9th. This fun event has two purposes. First, learn how to protect your financial assets and identity. Second, pick up some personal defense techniques from a black belt master. Both are valuable skills. Being protected requires preparation and readiness. This complimentary event will help you with both. Registration is required, so sign up at AnnexWealth.com slash events slash assets. Protecting your assets. Another Women, Wealth, and Wisdom conversation with Annex Wealth Management. Time is money. Make the most of yours with Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. 
Team Technology Trust. Axiom is the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Rise on Sunday and is designed to provide insights from featured in-depth articles to polls covering topics, the very helpful money due to a spot to submit an Ask Annex question, maybe a clip from one of our radio updates. We're big fans here and we encourage everybody to subscribe. You don't have to be a client either. Joining me, some of the team at Annex that works on Axiom. Hello, Brianna Cole Morgan. Hello. Good to have you on the show finally. Thanks for having me. It took a year for me to get you in here, huh? What is it that you do here, if I may haul out a movie line? I am the marketing automation specialist. Also joining us, Greg Betty and Silla, Director of Marketing at Annex. Hey, Greg. Hey, and you said my last name correctly, so plus 15. We brought in Bree to help us understand what is interesting to folks and help make sure that we continue to make something that is interesting, that is usable, that actually help them as they move along this journey towards whatever their goals are. So Bree helps us look at what's being clicked and help us understand how we can continue to get more eyeballs on this information that at Annex Wealth Management, we're just dedicated to building each week. You're the conductor of the marketing band here at Annex. What exactly do you do? Well, I try to, to make sure that the Annex Wealth Management's message and its voice are communicated all across all the different methods of communication. Right now, for example, Axiom is as an email. We're talking on the radio. We have uh, TV commercials, um, we, we blog posts. We do so many different things and we try to make sure that there's consistency and voice across all those different platforms. We wrapped up 2018 with a look at the top weekly insights from 2018. Bree, any surprises as you crunch this data? The biggest surprise was how popular the tax subject was. Not just popular around tax season, but throughout the entire year. Yeah, let's talk about that top content. Number one, the 2018 tax reference guide sounds Horrible. I'll tell you what, for someone like me um, with a background that doesn't include uh, finances, it would be the sort of thing, though, that I would resort to. I think we're all looking for someone that we can trust to just get some basic information, data. And the, this tax reference guide is the sort of thing that I would look at because I don't really know when I Google things if the person giving me the information is somebody that's trying to sell me something or are they just going to give me the, the true stats, the true figures. I, I'm sure that's what's motivating this. There's a bunch of people who are looking for just the honest data. And and uh, the reference guide is the sort of thing that I would probably keep in my inbox for the remainder of the year <laughs> as I res as I looked at it. Well, I'm just being a big chicken because taxes scare me. Tell me about the top poll of 2018, which was? Wealth killers. Well, and the, the wealth killers, though, were interesting things like when they say cable TV, that's not to say because we have folks who love cable TV and we even work with cable TV. Mm -hmm. But it, the point is, is to kind of look at look at what's out there. And are there less expensive ways to get the same information or the same entertainment? Among our younger generation, buying too much house or not having an emergency fund was a really big part of it. Uh, I know that, for example, buying too much house is something that old or young people could get drawn into just by trying to keep up with the Joneses or their own family. As they're trying to start to get a little bit of, a little bit of cash, you, you want to show everybody that you've made it. But um, those are thing, ways that, in, according to this study, that could actually kill your wealth. You're, you're making an emotional decision as opposed to something that actually will end up having a positive impact on your future. We're talking about the top weekly insights from 2018 from Axiom, which is the weekly newsletter that Annex publishes. Our top money due for 2018, what was that? The top money due was consider paying off your mortgage early. It was a really interesting topic, and these money dues are actually written by our folks from our planning team and our experts with uh, that are on our, our team. This one was really well done, and it was something that a lot of people paid attention to, but it, it kind of snuck into the top uh, notch. The number two was a message for potential early 
retirees, considering what health insurance option will bridge the gap. These money dues are a really nice way for folks to take a look weekly at your financial picture, at where you're at. Is there something that you could do, focus on, or change that might help change the way you look at your own finances? We do a number of different radio updates, and the top radio clip for 2018, maybe it was the title. It was called Pigs Flew Today. Greg, tell us about what Dave Spano was talking about in that segment. Well, that segment actually was one of the rare moments, I think we can say, that two people from the different ends of the political spectrum actually agreed. Uh, that was when Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump both agreed on a point, and we thought we'd make a segment about it. But uh, Dave spoke to that really well. And, and you know, that, that it's an interesting point that people clicked on it. Part of that is because the title was so nice, but also it's one of those moments where we try to comment on things that will have an impact on the way decisions are made in the future. We're talking about Axiom, which is our weekly newsletter, and it's easy as pie to sign up. Bree, how do they do that? You can go to our website at AnnexWealth.com slash Axiom. Brianna Cole Morgan, Greg Betty and Silla of Annex Wealth Management and the marketing team. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Danny. Uh, Dave Spano, uh, Mark Oswald, and Derek Felsky back in a bit. It's Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management, WTMJ. Don't settle for less. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. Team Tech Trust, Annex Wealth Management, and it's Money Talk for Saturday, January 5th. I'm Danny Clayton. Mark Oswald is here. Derek Felsker, Chief Investment Officer, and uh, Dave Spano. Boy, a three-day week. It felt like a longer, th- right, that we just got done with? It, it really did, <laughs> and because there was so much information and so much news that came out of it. But I had put together a, uh, a Christmas wish list, and I we checked a couple of those things off because on Christmas Eve, it was uh, a slaughterhouse in the stock market. Uh, so I put together a Christmas list and gave that over to Dave. Eric, and a number of those things, including uh, a better statement out of the Fed, perhaps a trade deal with China, and some other issues that we talked about, and we started to click off some, some good news. But let's start with Christmas Eve and what happened on that day and where we went from there. Typically on a Christmas Eve, there's low volume. You don't see much in the way of price movement. Typically, the market tends to move up. But on that day, there were absolutely no buyers. The Dow closed down, I think, what, 640 points. And from that point, the close on on Christmas Eve, we've now rallied 8% in, what, eight trading days? That's a big move, 8%. And I think a lot of what happened there was literally the buyers were absent and forced selling was occurring fueled by machine trading and the like, and it creates the perception that, you know, what am I missing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm like thinking, well, are we about to enter a recession? No. Is the Fed tight? No. Is global growth going to slow this much to warrant this? No. But when, you know, the market is the final arbiter. So when I left on noon on Christmas Eve, I had to do a lot of thinking about noon. where we were positioned and what we are going to do. But pension funding, uh, for sure, was part of that conversation and rebalancing. And we saw a lot of that and buyers started to come in. And it was obvious to us where the money came and where it went. And yeah. that, stuff, that stuff is totally not public, right? So we don't know what's happening with the pension funds. No, we, and all we the, do know. Okay. The, the pension funds typically rebalance year-end. And when you have a move like we saw in the fourth quarter, obviously they're going to be buying stocks and selling short-term bonds, which is exactly the opposite of what the public is doing. They were dumping mutual funds at a record rate and buying short-term bond funds at a record rate. So they were basically doing what we call a mean reversion trade. And that's carried through into the beginning of this year. All right. Where do we go from here? And what should I do? You know, I might have uh, a New Year's, uh, New Year's resolution. This is all part of that. Well, it certainly is. And I mean, every January, people look at it. Maybe it's the serious month of the year where people are making new goals and setting things up for themselves for the year. 
And, and we look at it and say, you know, we had a tough fourth quarter. Now, Derek, you're talking about an 8% rally since December 24th. That's not natural either. So you start to look at it and say, when I get my statements and when I'm fulfilling my New Year's resolutions, am I willing to take control of my financial plan going forward? That's the question you should be asking yourself. If you don't have a financial plan or you haven't had it reviewed in a while, now would be a good time to do that. Things like rebalancing. I mean, there's a lot of people who rebalance by the calendar, and then there's other people who in, who rebalance intuitively, Derek. So I think those people that haven't rebalanced their portfolio maybe suffered some scars in the fourth quarter. Dave, you mentioned a risk adjustment, maybe looking at getting a risk tolerance exercise done. Those are all healthy things to start the new year. And, Derek, there is opportunities abound. Don't you agree? Well, there are. First, first though, you know, when people build portfolios of mutual funds, they typically don't do an X-ray and aggregate them and see where they really are weighted. So, for example, when Apple reported disappointing news, Apple is owned by every large-cap growth manager. It's in every index fund. So if you buy a large-cap growth manager and an index fund, you're getting a lot of Apple. Now, that, could, that was good when Apple was going up, you know, 40, 50% a year. In fact, I think Apple's up 33% since the president got elected, but it's down 40% from its high. That hurts people. So when we do these portfolio reviews, it's not just about how they're allocated. It's about what kind of overlaps they have in their portfolio, which sometimes they don't understand. But as far as opportunities go, I would focus on the areas of the market that performed the worst last year, energy being number one. And when you think about it in the background, OPEC and Russia have agreed to cut production. I read an article in the journal last week about the fact that the frackers have probably overestimate the amount of oil that they have available. So it seems to me that oil prices probably have more of an upward trajectory, provided the global economy holds together. And I look at names like Chevron and ExxonMobil. I'm not making a recommendation, but they do provide really nice yields, and you get inflation upside as a protection. And, of course, health care remains a driver. I mean, there's there's not much evidence that that is going away. The demographics in, in the health care industry are terrific. We saw this week, you know, Bristol-Myers is buying Celgene, uh, a biotech company. That, that it's actually, they got it at a very reasonable price relative to where Celgene uh, had traded historically. It gives uh, Bristol-Myers the ability to, uh, to you know, rationalize and tr- trading efficiencies and sales efficiencies and the like. And there's a lot of opportunity in healthcare. There's also opportunity in technology, too, but that requires more of a, a stronger global uh, growth trajectory than we currently are seeing. So finally, Mark, what, what's the takeaway here? Well, certainly, I mean, if, if you looked this week and said, phew, at least I didn't own Apple, you probably do own Apple. It would be a good time for an x-ray, good time for rebalancing, good time for a review. If you haven't done it, start January off the right way and get it done. Uh, Team Tech Trust, that is the way that Annex Wealth Management does business. So if as you listen to the show, you think, you know what, sounds like uh, the way I like to do business as well, even if you're with somebody else, uh, hit us up for that free portfolio analysis. You can do that at AnnexWealth.com. The first thing you'll see on our homepage is know the difference because there is a significant difference with financial advisors. And then that green Get Started button is just that easy. The uh, team will get going on your stuff top to bottom, look it over, and give you some recommendations. Financial and retirement planning, estate and legacy planning, investment management, tax reduction planning, it's all under one roof. We're not shipping out to other people. Uh, It's part of the team at Annex Wealth Management with a bunch of locations, including Elm Grove, Mequon, Lake Country, Appleton, downtown. Our newest location is downtown inside the Fister, and also Annex Everywhere. 
there. So if you're hearing this radio station, you'd like to uh, see how we do business and what we can do for you, you can do that at AnnexWealth.com. Again, free portfolio analysis. And again, Axiom, which is our free weekly newsletter, we ask you to sign up for that. You don't have to be a client for that. 262-786-6363. Have a great week, folks. We'll see you in a week. Team Tech Trust, this is Money Talk. Annex Wealth Management, WTMJ. Advice and opinions expressed during Money Talk are solely that of the hosts or guests of Annex Wealth Management and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.